When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, my talkers, one more day to hang out with us here at my talk. 1071 before the beginning of 2022. We've got Lorian today and we've got our special guest that's been hanging out with us all week long and we are happy to have her. Thanks for hanging out, Brittany. It's Brittany Witch. She's panicking right now, not oh, panicking. Oh, yeah. Don't panic. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, slow down. That, that music right. is also serving my purpose for how our bowling team did last night. Uh, kicking, kicking butt and taking no prisoners, as they say. She's out of control. Oh, yeah. It was so good. It was so good. Um, my night was amazing last night because you made a soup. Oh, oh that soup was so and good. it killed at my house. And by killed, I mean, I didn't even let Justin it's try a, it. Yeah, she didn't, Lily didn't get any either. Like, well, I didn't really give you guys enough for like two no. servings. I, I mean, it was a, it was, it could have been. Casey yeah. is very stingy with food, but because I made like, you know, a big pot of it, but I had a disaster because my husband was trying to be helpful and um, made my soup a little runny, and so I had to thicken it with cornstarch and a handful of rice. It was so good. Oh, good. It was amazing. It was comforting for sure. It was. Absolutely. Did you mind having to pick out the pieces of fat that I mean, he refused to take out of no, the soup? No, it was that's so the good. It was such good ham. <laughs> you guys, this is like, I mean, it's like the year of the soup for me. I've been in soup mode, so when you mentioned it, I was like, yeah. oh. And I don't even... Taste it, so I have no idea if it needs something. No, it is not a soup that you were like. Add this, add this, and I went home and I literally microwaved it in the container and ate it oh, like a did. monster. Oh, God, that's good. That's um, good. I know we hit our quota for for Santa Bear talk. Oh, we ended the show yesterday with it. <laughs> you literally made us end the show an hour early because we kept talking about Santa Bears. So I mentioned yesterday, or Grant mentioned yesterday, his favorite was the 1987 Aviator. And, yep. and I was like, oh, I don't have that. That's my next year. That one's the hardest to get because they they just their leather falls apart and I've found some, but they're just not great. Uh, a listener, oh, you guys have the most insane listeners. What's her name? Tracy. Tracy. Messaged me on Instagram and said... Hey, Britt, um, I have this bear in um, a pile. I was thinking of donating. Wow. Do, you, do you want it? And I was like, send the pic. Send the pic. Like, you would have thought. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, I, was I the want it, but no, you're going to. Uh, oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, casually, like, you know, trying to not, you know, I've already parked in my garage and I'm sitting there texting in my car. Even my husband, like, gets out of the, like, is like, what are you doing in here? I'm like, <gasps> I was like, send a pic. <laughs> send pics. Um, she sends me this picture and it's like the most pristine beautiful she drops him off at the station so now i have the 1987 and she writes this beautiful letter a letter about um um how you know she's a, a rescue pup owner and she want to thank you for volunteering at secondhand hounds and 
And then she writes about how she's sorry. There's some, you know, scratches here or there on a 34-year-old bear. It's in, like, mint condition. It's right. literally, like, I mean, <laughs> me and Grant went on a rant about how beautiful yeah, it is. It's perfect. And I'm just like, and you guys, I'm, like, in shock. And I know you guys are used to it. Your guys' listeners are insane. And they write me the best messages. And they're always so nice. But, like, this is one of those things where I'm, like, I'm really, like, emotional about yeah, it. Yeah, well, you are pregnant. Okay, there is. There is that. <laughs> and so, but, like, but my, it is such a sweet um kindness it beyond and my my family has collected you know my mom collected this so i sent her a picture and she goes get out get out you've she's, got the holy grail of santa bears i know she's like no way and she's like well how much and this i'm like she she won't even let me give her money i'm like i don't Sweet. know I, so now i guess i owe her a kidney i don't know <laughs> no, that's just the the kind the kind listeners I, that we have and tracy that's awesome. tracy yeah. thank you so much i again i I could cry, but that would be embarrassing to all of us. But like, it's just so beyond sweet. It like made my 2021 for well, sure. Next year, when you have a baby in your arms, you could do a Christmas photo there with the Santa go. Bears. An aviator Santa Bear takes front and center. Hands position. down. So I've thought about it. I think if I make a heart, he'll be right. Not like I think about these things. No, you I know. know but like, <laughs> um, you will have a, a baby oh. that can wear something adorable and will be sitting up. And I can put it in like the way that you like don't notice right away that the baby's there. It'll the be baby all bears. Yeah, yeah right. we'll put it like a little hat or something, you know, like, oh, I'm telling you. Yeah. This is like everything to me. <laughs> don't crack under the Christmas. Christmas card pressure. Oh, I, well, yeah. Now I don't have to. I mean, between the dogs and the baby, they'll yeah, figure it out. Yeah, you, the, you, it's ready made in all those Santa bears because this is number wet for you. Uh, now I think I'm on. I mean, I just put them, I was just packing them away. I think we've got 25. Gosh, that's a lot of storage. Where do you space? put them? Yeah. We have a big old unfinished basement. Oh, so you do? I've got these big, they're kind of like giant IKEA bags that I put them in. They're like storage bags and yeah. I, I pack them all very nice. It's funny. Yeah. There's you nothing don't else. Squish them. No, there's nothing else I keep as nice as my Santa Bears, <laughs> including my clothes. And you guys know I love clothes, yep, but yep. the Santa Bears is like my husband's even like, I wish you treated anything else like that. <laughs> like even him, I'm like rough with. That's but so like, funny. Everything else is like piles here and there, mm-hmm. and then the Santa Bears, I'm like, and goodbye, I'll see you next year. Yeah, like I kiss yeah. each one. It's so pathetic. Uh, no, that's awesome. All right, so now we've definitely hit our Santa Bear quota for the yes, year. Yes, yes. I appreciate you uh, indulging in some Santa Bear talk. Well, no problem. We're saying we made it through really one of the longest four-day weeks of, oh, of our lives, the yeah. holiday taint week. It just <laughs> felt like every day was two days. The tail end and, of the taint. Yeah, and that <laughs> it was a very long, long, long Thursday and Friday all week long. It just did not seem to go on forever. Yeah. It, I mean, for me, no, but like you guys have to keep in mind, like I like coming here. Yeah, well, it's well, we not that we don't what? either, but no, we... but like this is special to me. So, like yeah. for you no. guys, I get it. Like, a- yeah. am I bitter that the people over at KS95 aren't here all week? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No. Not at all. I'm like, how many... I gotta talk to somebody about their contract think and figure out how they do that. <laughs> how many weird conversations we had because we just kind of went with the, the taint. Like, the yeah. taint took us places we it never did. thought we'd go. It really did. <laughs> I had to explain to my mom. She goes, what is this holiday taint? <laughs> and did you I give said, her the, the legit description? I did give her. Oh, and I yeah. said, Mom, you've heard of the taint. No, I haven't. Well, it, she said, do I want to know what it is? I said, I said, well, whether you want to or not, you I'm know, telling I'm going to tell you. And then I gave her, well, it ain't the mm, and it ain't the uh, it's the taint. She's like, yeah. 
She said, so why is it teen high? And I said, because it's it, yeah. it ain't Christmas and it ain't New Year's. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just in the in-between. We're in the in-between. We're in the middle. Yeah. The taint. Well, some would say kind of a useless area, but... Mm-hmm. That is. You can derive pleasure if you need to. Oh. If you know how to press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, I have, that's what I have found from yeah. this week. <laughs> that's so funny. All right, listen... We got to go. We're talking to John Bream at the bottom of the hour. He's going to, we're going to just go music and reviews. So much happened in music. And um, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Thanks for hanging out with us on Thursday, which for us is feeling like Friday because we are off tomorrow, you guys. New I'm, Year's Eve. Day. I'm going to come in. Yeah. You're not coming in. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come in. See if they let me sit in. Well, you got a card. Yeah, you can now. <laughs> you can now. You're right. Maybe I'll just just save some money on heat and stay here for the weekend. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, one of the things that this time of the year, everyone's doing their year-end this list, their year-end that list, and it is kind of fun. And um, uh, this was a story that was in, I can't remember where we found it, but what some people call cancel culture and other people call accountability culture, there were a lot of people who were called out for their behavior, their words, whatever was going on, and maybe we should just revisit some of those. Yeah, let's listen to the naughty list. Okay, well, here are some of the people who found themselves in scalding hot water this year. Um, And in September, when Stillwater came out, the Matt Damon movie, Mm -hmm. And he got himself into trouble with the just about everybody when he spoke with the Sunday Times. And he went into great detail. And if you've seen Stillwater, he kind of plays this redneck guy. I mean, I, he always just kind of puts his foot in his mouth when he tries to make his character be relatable to his real life. Yeah. Something that people in Hollywood just, he's never learned to be good at it. Every time he promotes a movie, he sticks his foot in it. But he... Uh, proudly admitted to the Sunday Times that he had retired uh, the F slur for a homosexual because he got a lecture from his daughter. Yeah. And um, she wrote, she went to her room and wrote me a very long, beautiful treatise on how that word is dangerous. And he said, so I... Uh, you know, retired that word. And then then he did another, you know, then, of course, everyone was very mad. Then he did another interview with The Hollywood Reporter. He said, I've never used that word. <laughs> never. Never. I, so I, even I, though he told this story yeah. about how his daughter, he used it in front of his daughter. So anyway, I hope that in 2022, because Matt Damon is a terrific actor, yeah. I hope he's learned his lesson after at least... Seven or eight of his last movies, he st- he steps in the dog poo pile of his making. It is mortifying that it took it that and this late in the game for him to lose that out of his vocabulary. But you know what? If that honestly happened to him and he did tell that story and say, like, maybe this will change somebody else who's, you know, there are there are pockets in this world that still use that word. So it's like. He doesn't I would have know more, how to tell the story. No, I would have more respect for him is if he would have said, hey, I'm admitting I was in the wrong. I put, I'm telling you guys, you know, like I would have more respect for him do, saying that and trying to change the minds than retracting it and being like, but I've never you. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something about that. I mean, it's mortifying. Again, don't get me wrong. It's right. mortifying that he is, ever, you know, it's 2021 and you're saying that. That's right. But the backing down then. 
after you did tell that story, I mean, it's like... It doesn't help. No. Now, Mike Richards, I'm breaking my own 2021 rule (laughs) by bringing up Mike Richards, but I say his name before I say the word Jeopardy, and he's the Jeopardy executive producer who gave himself the much coveted job yeah uh after alex trebek passed away this summer and shortly after he basically announced himself as the executive producer becoming the show's host all these comments he made from a podcast that he hosted a few years ago resurfaced and there were so many of them he uh was forced to resign his job as the new game show host and as the executive producer. And as a result, we had nonstop Jeopardy stories for three flipping months. It dominated gossip. You know what's so wild about that is it first came out and it was like, okay, he'll probably be able to beat this, you know, and stay stay in that spot. And then it was like the floodgates were open. And they were not stopping. I mean, I, I don't even remember what the first comment was. So I'm not trying to say it was some small comment. I'm just saying that at first it did feel they like... They were just they were just your run-of-the-mill sexist... Totally. And at first didn't it feel like comments. he was, he was going to like, all right, he's got enough pull. Everyone, you know, he's, 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 he'll apologize, whatever. But they just did not stop coming, well, those and comments. The, and the bigger question is, really executive producer and now you're going to go and be the front of the show yeah like the two things are those two jobs are both so different yeah and as the senior executive producer he is in the decision making he's like hey i think i'm gonna have it i think i'm gonna be the new alex back it'd be like if dan seaman was like you know what i think i think i'm gonna take drive time yeah yeah (laughs) like okay dan dan and the seaman Okay, now this story bugged me so much, and this happened, I want to say, I think in April, and it's Demi Lovato, our former Disney Channel star, who's got one hell of a voice, but she um, tweeted in April uh, (laughs) that she found it very triggering as a person, here's her tweet, finding it extremely hard to order order Froyo, from and then she tagged them the big chill official when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies and other diet foods before you get to the counter to pay do better please and people were not having it that she put on blast she has like 54 million insta followers and this poor standalone yogurt shop in the valley had to turn off their comments, and they did fire back at her. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is our store. We can sell, serve, display how we like. And All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. She did end up apologizing and saying the emotions got the best of her, um, but that she's very passionate about calling out diet culture. And we advised her at the time this was going to be an exhausting year if she was going to start April with um, advising uh, how diet culture is exhibited in stores. And keep in mind, too, there's diabetic people. There's, you know, PKU people that have to make sure they watch out for those things. But no, she's so woke that she is sleeping. (laughs) You know, that is the best way you could have put that. That single mindedness of you need to cater to me is like you're do you remember there are other humans out they're no. doing that. Okay. No. She's so right. woke. She's sleeping. Isn't that That's true? really good. That's oh. a great way to put it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hold on to that one. <laughs> That's uh, good. You. <laughs> right. And the other person that, and we, you know, he was in rehab for like uh, almost nine months, but it was uh, um, uh, short and furious uh, that this happened in March. And that's Army Hammer when he was accused of violently raping an ex-girlfriend and that he abused her mentally, emotionally, and sexually during their four-year relationship. And because of that scandal, the first job Army Hammer lost was he was replaced in J-Lo's Shotgun Wedding. That's the name of the rom-com and was replaced with uh, Josh Dumel. Yeah. And then he just, it just... You know, it was a, just a it was a long list then of jobs that he lost, and uh, he ended up checking into rehab like in June and just got out. Yeah, and it, we definitely have talked about this quite a bit, but the in between is the time where you sneak in things, and he, they finally announced during this in between where you know there's not as many news cycles that he did come out. So they're trying to like sneak him back into real world. Yeah, but- or, or somebody got a tip. Yeah. You know, at TMZ by maybe Army's people, maybe somebody else, because I don't think that the paparazzi are hanging out in Cayman Islands, but maybe they have a stringer on assignment just for Amy. Yeah. Army Hammer, I mean. They could, yeah. You know? Yeah. Did I call him Amy Hammer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. That's, that's Army the end of the Hammer. Year. It's okay. Anyway. Okay, listen, we come back, and we're going to be talking with... Uh, uh, the United States' longest-running music critic. That would mm. be Mr. John Bream from the Star Tribune, all things music. All right, until we get to John Bream, let's take a look at your My Talk track. Thanks for hanging out with us. Of course, that is our, we love that banger of the year. Wow. Olivia Rodrigo, good for you. And we're playing it because John Bream, music critic from the Star Tribune, is joining us. Hi, John. Hi, Lori. How are you? We, happy taint. Yeah, happy taint. Oh my, this is the dumbest week. Honestly, thank you for being with us. But you do, we do usually do this at the end of the year, don't we? Yes, we do. We it's, often meet and wrap up the year, even though I'm off this week. You're off tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, we're always happy to gab. Yes, we are. Music. Um, so, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts about Olivia Rodrigo? Because we have just taken delight in her story this year. Uh, I absolutely love her. I think she's one of the big stories of the year. Uh, her album was my runaway choice for number one album. She captures what it's like to be a teenager, and you and I are long since past being teenagers, but when I listen to her, I get in touch with my 
in her 16-year-old. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think of all the people, too, that uh, cried along of all ages with driver's license. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, she just captures what it's like, the anxiety, um, just the insecurity, all the things you go through as, as teenagers. And um, she's a good singer. She's confident. And I think she she co-writes her songs, and I think she represents teenage dumb as a singer-songwriter as effectively as anyone since Taylor Swift. And, and you know, kind of unusual because the Star Tribune last Friday ran everybody that's in the arts and entertainment, you, your best of list. And you and Chris Riemenschneider both selected for number one, your fa- number one album. You both picked Olivia Rodrigo Sour. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't often happen, but he's got two uh, teenage daughters, so mm. that may have influenced him. I don't know. Yeah, that that's that's true. And are we? Expect- but we all love classic pop. That's and, true. And her records, classic pop. I mean, it's it's punky pop and it's poppy punk. It's it's a, a little of both. Yeah. And, uh, it's very very satisfying. I mean, I put it on the first time and I go, wow, you know, because I I'd seen driver's license. It was everywhere. And then you hear that album, and it's like, really? She's that good? And then I saw her on Saturday Night Live, saw her on American Music Awards. She can deliver. Yeah. Yeah, she can. And she's, uh, I, she, her concert tour must be like one of the hottest tickets for 2022. Oh, yeah. Sold out instantly. Um, she easily could have played arenas, but she's playing the Armory here uh, in April and uh, sold out. In a, in, a, in a flash. Yeah, that's not very many people that can go to the armory. Uh, 8,400. Oh, that's what it is? But yeah, she could easily have sold probably, like you said, like the Excel or even bigger, I suppose. Well, I don't think she's ready for stadiums. But, yeah. You've know, you got to crawl before you walk. Yes. So I think she's com- comfortable doing her first big tour in or mid-size right. arenas. Um, what other what other albums do you really uh, like this year? Well, I, I liked a lot of singer songwriter albums. I like Allison Russell a lot, who um, a Nashville singer songwriter who um, discussed her abusive childhood, what it was like to grow up uh, in an abusive household, and she did it in both French and English. Mm. I, I think that was a very good album. Uh, locally, I loved uh, Stokely's album, Stokely Williams, who used to be with Mint Condition. Yes. His album, Sankofa, is an excellent um, survey of all kinds of different music, R&B, jazz, African music. Um, I, I think that's a, a terrific album as well. There were several country albums that I, I was very fond of this year. Um, Carly Pierce's 29, which is all about divorce. Um, Morgan Wade's Reckless which is about, you know, how, how tough life can be. Miranda Lambert dialed down and did a, a, you know, a pandemic recording around a campfire, literally. Really? Is Marfa that... taped. Okay. And I think that's an excellent album as well. And and how about, um, John, uh, for concerts? What was uh, your top concert of the year? Without question, Harry Styles at XL. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he is he is a rock star through and through. This guy is a complete charmer. You know, I may not listen to his music in my spare time, mm-hmm. but that guy knows how to entertain. That guy knows how to put on a show. He had an in the in the center of the arena stage. It was diamond shaped, and he worked that stage. He wore an outfit, a high waisted outfit, and made exaggerated moves. 
projected all the way around the arena. And then he touches individual fans. He reads signs and reacts to mm-hmm. them and, and talks to individual fans. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, the only problem with the show is I didn't wear a feather boa. I may have been <laughs> the only person there other than Riemann Schneider who didn't have a feather boa. <laughs> and, you know... Um, Feathers were everywhere. Were afterwards. they? You walk out, it was all over, little bits and different color feathers all over the the floor of the arena, in the lobby, everywhere you went. Oh, my gosh. How about, John, will you um, just indulge me for a second? If they ever do a biopic of the Rolling Stones or they need someone to play Mick Jagger, don't you think Harry Styles could do the young Mick Jagger? I think he could do it marvelously. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. No, he de- he definitely has the look of a rock star, behaves like a rock star, but seems very approachable and accessible, which not all rock stars seem to be. Yeah, that that's that is true. Who what other concerts were highlights for you this year? What was the state fair uh highlight for you? My state fair favorite was Marin Morris. Mm. Unquestionably. She was I thought she was excellent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's based in Nashville. You know, people say she's a country singer, but she does not stay in her Nashville lane. She is doing pop. She's doing R&B, a little hip-hop here and there, and some, some twangy country, too. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was great. A lot of personality, both in the songs and in the conversation. I like when the art you get to know the artist better, and they're real. You know, she's not saying the same thing night after night at, at every show. Mm-hmm. Too many artists are like that. You know, you think they're talking to you and you, you think it's special. No, yeah, no, it's like theater. It's a script. <laughs> you know, and that, that's why, you know, someone like Adele seems so special when she's in concert, if she ever goes in concert again, other than Vegas, because she just says what's on her mind that day. Yeah. Um, how about um, Bob Dylan? Now, I know he didn't play here in the Twin Cities, but he played around. Was he good this year? How was he doing? Well, I went and saw Dylan. His opening night of the tour was in Milwaukee at the Riverside Theater. It was um, his first show in 23 months, and something happened there, Laurie, that had never, ever happened at a Bob Dylan show. What? Eight songs he debuted in concert for the first time. Eight songs from his new Rough and Rowdy Ways album. And it was terrific to hear him do that. He was in good voice. We could understand every word. We could recognize every song. And he even talked a little bit at the end. And he never does that. He gave a shout-out to Les Paul being from suburban Milwaukee, and he introduced his band. He had two new guys in the band. It was an excellent Dylan show. Okay, and, you know, I'm curious because um, I wasn't able to go to this show, but I had seen... Um, John Fogarty at Jazz Fest in 2019 and played with his kids. And Casey and I were just kind of blown away at how fresh and charged she was. And I know he was at Mystic this summer, and you put that as on one of your top ten concerts. Yeah, that was on my top ten list. Uh, July 4th, Mystic Lake Amphitheater. Fogarty just has so much energy, so much enthusiasm to see him on a special holiday like that. First big concert back during the pandemic was so much fun. And he also did uh, a new song, Weeping in the Promised Land, which he explained was inspired by the George Floyd events mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. And so it was a new protest song. It's the first new song he's written in, I think, about eight years. Yeah. 
Um, okay, John, I got to ask you, what is the, what, are you hearing anything? Because, you know, our suburbs show was canceled tomorrow night. Are, are, is everyone basically canceling their New Year's Eve shows? Not everyone, but Not everyone. most everyone. Lots and lots of shows that were set, scheduled for New Year's Eve are being either canceled or postponed. Uh, suburbs were supposed to be at the Palace Theater, shows at the Fine Line and the Caboose and First Avenue are postponed. Um, the only places I know that uh, have not are still going on, uh, the Dakota is postponed. Crooner still has their shows. They've mm-hmm. got Joanne Parker and Connie Evenson and one other show going on there. Uh, I think it's Andrew Olesh doing his uh, Frank Sinatra show. Okay. And... I don't know if you want to go this. This is not my idea of how to spend New Year's Eve, but the Donna Summer musical at Ordway uh, is on New yes, Year's Eve. It is. It is. Did you me. go the other night? I saw Julia was there. Yeah, Julia was there. She went uh, with Brittany. We had a family thing uh, that uh, conflicted with that. But, um, yeah, apparently Julia was uh, and her friend wanted to sing along with the show right at the beginning of the show. Yeah, John, it was it was traumatizing. <laughs> It was really rough. Just listening to Julia sing? Yes. Yes, that was. Yeah, not Donna Summer. That was, she was, they were talented. Um, my group, I had to, um, I was just very thankful I was wearing a mask. Yeah, could right, not be no recognized one. by any human who may or may not know me there. Yeah, next time wear earplugs, too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The great advice. John yeah, can... but I, I was a little underwhelmed by the show. I, I had seen the show on Broadway. Oh, you had? It seemed more spectacular and more special on Broadway. At, you know, the, the closing number on Last Dance mm-hmm. had confetti that I was picking out of my coat pockets for weeks. <laughs> oh, really? Um, it was just crazy. You know, it was like New Year's Eve. Yeah. And uh, the performance um, at, at the Ordway, to me, was a little underwhelming. The, the highlight was she works hard for the money. And I don't think this show worked hard enough for the money you pay to see it. It just didn't have enough pizzazz and spectacular. Some great, great songs, of course. Of course. But not great production, I didn't think. Okay. Right, John, can you stay with us? I know you have the day off. Can you touch us for a f- I absolutely will be with you. Okay, very good. We're talking with John Bream from the Star Tribune. Follow him at on Twitter at John Bream, and that's J-O-N. And we'll be right back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're talking uh, music with um, Star Tribune's uh, music critic, John Bream. So, John, I want to ask you, it feels like we saw an awful lot of um, amazing uh, music documentaries this year. Is, is, is that my imagination or was it more than usual? Um, it's a trend. You know, people are definitely um, doing more documentaries. I, I think the kind of fascinating or maybe disturbing trend is you, is you get these new stars and they're doing tell-alls before, you know, we really want to know that. Yes. We really want to know all that much about Billie Eilish. Right. You know, maybe, maybe we want to, you know, re-examine what happened with the Beatles breakup. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that you're getting so many of these young stars doing these tell-alls, we, we know too much about them almost before we can enjoy the art for the art's sake. I, I personally... After watching much of the the Oprah interview with with Adele, mm-hmm. I, I was less interested in the album than, you really? than I was beforehand. I would have preferred to listen to the album on its own and and not be told what's behind the album. Ah. How did how did you feel about that? Um, well, I knew I would never listen to anything other than what was out on the radio. 
I knew that because I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm just that. I'm. I don't go towards ballads. You know, it's just not mm-hmm. my thing. But I mean, like I I do get what you're saying because I did not watch the Billie Eilish documentary, and there have been a few other ones, but. I am interested in, like, I thought the Bee Gees documentary was so good. Um, I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Terrific. And I haven't had a chance to watch uh, Mr. A&M, the story of A&M Records that just came out December 5th on Epix, but... Or like the Black Godfather, you know, like there's all these other ones and I don't have Apple Plus, but I mean, are you like everybody else and did you love the Peter Jackson Get Back? I, I haven't watched You it. haven't? I, I lived through the Beatles. Okay. I don't know that I've got eight hours to relive through the okay. Beatles and, and find out a lot of the stuff we already know. Right. Um, I, I just kind of like to leave the magic as the magic mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know, pull the curtain back so we can see all the warts and all. Yeah. Um, so I may get around to watching. I've heard so many good things about that particular one. Yeah. But huh. the, the Black Godfather is excellent. Is it's, it? It's a couple years old. Um, I think it's of perhaps greater interest right now because Clarence Avant, who is the Black Godfather, his wife was recently murdered in a uh, uh, a robbery attempt at their house in, in Beverly Hills. Oh, that was just so terrible. Yeah, that that was just awful. And so you, you get a feel for who he was. So not only was he um, a godfather, a behind-the-scenes force in the music industry, helping all sorts of R&B artists, including Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um, but he was also a force behind the scenes in politics, which I was not aware of. Right. So I, I would highly recommend that. Recommend it. Okay. How about, John, have you ever, in all your years of covering music, do you think... Um, that the Britney Spears, I mean, first we saw it, you know, with the Free Britney movement and then the Framing Britney Spears, but have we ever seen anything like this happen to someone in the music business? Well, that her fans helped save her? That her fans helped save her, that um, her family did her so wrong that at 27, I mean, have we ever seen any other music person get so boxed in a corner like she was? Well, we've seen other people. I mean, we we may not hear of it, especially, you know, teen stars. You you, you know, you have controlling parents and mm-hmm. whatnot, or you even have controlling managers. I mean, Colonel Tom Parker wasn't the nicest guy to Elvis. Right. Um, you know, so you become, you know, you're so anxious to have the opportunity that you sign away too much of your freedom. This is stuff that Prince and many other artists mm-hmm. have argued about for years, that you sign these standard boilerplate contracts and you give up so much because you don't know. It's, it's, I want this opportunity, and then all of a sudden you hit pay dirt and you realize, hey, I'm not making any money. All the money's going to the record label or the manager, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making peanuts. And artists nowadays, you know, records or streaming doesn't deliver the 
the kind of income that it did years ago. So most of the artists are frankly making their money on touring. Well, touring obviously has been down during the pandemic. So artists have a very tough time. I, I you know, David Crosby's been very open on this on, on his Twitter account where he's very active on Twitter mm-hmm. or in his column in Rolling Stone that he was basically close to being broke because he wasn't able to tour. And so finally he turned around and, and sold the rights to his uh, his publishing and his, his solo records to uh, some major company for, for millions of dollars, as we're seeing everyone from Dylan to Springsteen do. Yeah. Next, everyone is doing that. And there, there's a lot of different reasons that they're doing that. Um, some of it is, is because... They're they're getting older. Yeah, and, I was going to say the you know, age. They, they maybe they want to cash out. I, I think it, one of the reasons it happens, and, and they don't really talk about this, but this way the heirs of whether it's Springsteen's three kids or mm-hmm. Dylan's many kids don't have to argue over whether that song should be licensed for this commercial or that commercial, mm-hmm. and they'll disagree over that. And so that way you're going to get siblings fighting over you know something their parents were responsible for. This way... They cash out, they get their money, someone else makes that decision. Oftentimes, uh, the way these contracts are written, the heirs or the star still gets a say-so over some of the commercial licensing. But it it solves things, and and the money's right right now because you get all these big companies, whether it's Sony Music or, or whoever, willing to gamble and invest this kind of money because that makes their company look healthier. Yeah. If someone wants to buy that company. Yeah, and my gosh, everybody, it seems like they sold this year. But I, you're right. I was When you look at everybody, there is an age thing happening, too. Right. Yeah, yeah you, you find people that are, right. you know, in the autumn of their careers, and they know, you, you know, it's not going to last forever, so you might as well get your estate in order. And How that's about, part of the estate. Yeah. How about, John, um, you know, the tragedy of Astroworld, what what do you think is going to happen with Travis Scott's career? And have we ever has there ever been anything as bad as that happen at a concert? Well, there, there's been other concerts where people have been killed, killed and injured. You know, whether it was the bombing one at the uh, yeah, Manchester. Grande mm-hmm. in Manchester, or the back in the day in the '70s, the uh, the trampling at the GA show, General Admission show with the Who in Cincinnati. Um, you know that that put a, a damper on um, general admission shows and changed things. I think what happened at Astro World in Houston will change the way people do festivals. Mm. They did make some mistakes. Yeah, most festivals have multiple stages that are running at the same time. Yes, at Astro World, the other stage ended, so everyone was gravitating towards where Travis Scott was playing. And they knew Drake was going to be there. Yeah. So you get a mad rush of people. Um, that's not the way to do it. You know, you have to have better security. You have to have better planning. And it, you just have to have better logistics. Right. And so I, I think the industry as a whole has learned from this, learning the hard way, unfortunately. Right, right. But, yeah, and how about what do you think will happen with his career? Just is he has to wait time or wait for all this to settle? Rappers seem to be bulletproof, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, so I, I think his career will go on. I think okay. he'll still be successful. Whether he's as big, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he lost a gig, I think it's at Coachella. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to headline, and I don't think, I think they took him off the bill. 
So he, he may have to lay low for a little while, right? especially in terms of playing at other festivals. But I, I, I think he'll come back strong. Um, you know, he's, he's a pretty exciting live performer. Yeah. I think he can do the arena circuit. But he's going to have to go to, to reserve seeing or some way of yeah. having better crowd control and, and better security and, and just better regard for, for the attendees. Yeah. John, thank you so much. We'll talk to you in 2022. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Follow John on Twitter at John Bream, J-O-N. We'll be back.